Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. 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 Hello world. Hey, good afternoon. Good evening. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way and that's all we do over here. Here in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh we are doing some things down here and trying to make a difference in our communities. And uh we would just want you to uh participate in all activities that are go- that are going on. Hold on one second. Okay, I had to do a little something, something. You know, we don't do nothing formal over here. But welcome to the show. And today, hey, I got my brother in here, Dwight Eaton. He's going to be joining us shortly. But a um, few little tips. Uh, coronavirus is still in effect, so you guys practice social distancing and uh, washing your hands and things like that. You know, and I, I know the life as we once knew it will never be the same. You know, things bring about a change. So, do that, and um, I guess it's bringing some people closer together that have uh, been apart for a while, but at the same time, it's breaking some people up, so this thing is crazy, so we want you to practice those principles right there. Uh, Let's see what else is going on. We're still dealing with the situation that took place, you know, about the shooting and stuff like that, so we want you guys to uplift the family. Uh, support. I mean, hey, they got to stop shooting us, you know, until we start uh, complaining and standing up for rights and stuff like that. Then this stuff will continue, as you see, every other month or so now. We got somebody being shot, blown up, and, you know, losing their life for whatever reason, African-Americans in our community. Ah, several places are going around feeding people. We've got um, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we got uh, uh, people feeding people from like the Morning Star Church and uh, Dream Center and uh, Friendship Church and some of the churches and the Event Center. This past weekend, me and my brother Dwight, we went out to the Event Center and they were giving away uh, full baked potatoes. I'm talking about with everything on there, Uh, beef and cheese and you name it, you know, so we got a couple of baked potatoes, so it was good that they were changing up the place, you know, hot meals and things like that, so that's what's going on. Well, I'm going to take a little break, going to be right back, so you guys stick around, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way, and we don't have any type of uh, control from the system when it comes to black communications. Hey, boy.
Brown, dial in number Hey, this is Ralph Johnson of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and whenever I'm in Tulsa, I'm tuning in to KBOB 89.9 on the FM. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Lester Troutman. It's Zab Troutman. From the group Zab. And when we in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we always listen to... Oh, yeah, a few friends and stuff, haters, want to give us a shout-out. In the studio, let me get everything together right quick. Okay, in the studio, Dwight Eaton. What's going on with you, bro? Not much, my brother. <clears throat> hey, man, welcome back home. You know, it's a little dreary out there, and, uh, uh, you know, rain is going on and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you, you ain't been here in a minute, have you? How long? Wasn't the last time you were here a few months ago? I actually, it was during the holiday seasons, man, right before uh, we opened up the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge back on uh, January 1. Yeah, and speaking of the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge, man, it was pumping out until this coronavirus got in there, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. It was on the uptick. Uh, we uh, opened uh, January 1, man, sort of. Uh, can start to wheel in business and uh, you know COVID hit man. Or COVID kind of knocked everybody down, didn't it? Yeah, took put it took everybody off the tracks. Yeah. You know? So, but uh, it's affected everybody. So yeah, you can't yeah. complain, man. Yeah. You just got to pick up the pieces and uh, try to hit a single, man. Yeah, I miss the idea of being able to wake up early in the mornings and uh, get ready and go down to the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge because I was going down there every day and meeting with clients and having fellowship and meeting new people and the environment and stuff like that. So let me ask you this. What gave you the idea, man, to open up that liquid lounge down there on Black Wall Street? Well, I, I, I guess if you want to back off into I, uh, as a adolescent, a young guy was raised in a barbecue uh, uh, joint here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Ben's Barbecue. Ben's right there on Apache. Yes, yeah. and a good friend of my mother, Miss uh, Vivian Kilpatrick, uh, she would, uh, after school, I guess when I got out of uh, grade school, I would go by there and wait for my mom to pick me up when she got off work. And uh, she put me to work, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She put, she put me to work cleaning off tables, busting uh, uh, dishes or whatever. You, and uh, I just did that for a couple or several years throughout high school. Yeah, so, I remember when you were doing it. Yeah. So I've always had a little restaurant experience in me and then, you know, throughout my uh, uh, retail career. Once I finished college, I did a lot of... Uh, uh, tenure with some of the Fortune 500 companies, uh, 
PepsiCo, which has KFC, Taco Bell, and uh, Pizza Hut, man. And I started out as a manager back in the 80s and went on up to district manager. And uh, my, my career has been in, the, in that space, uh, dealing with retail. And uh, so I've had some experience uh, in the food service industry. So uh, as we kind of went through, I've been in uh, retail on, for myself and my, my personal businesses over the last 20 years. And a friend of mine, Guy Troop, uh, good guy. We, we've been working together on an event that he promotes called the Player Networking Event, which is a Super Bowl NFL transat, uh, NFL transition uh, uh, event. And uh, based on my background and his background, we've kind of made it a format to uh, introduce business opportunities to active and retired NFL players. And uh, just as uh, one of the spinoffs, man, we uh, kind of decided that we may want to uh, incubate that concept here in Tulsa's market. So uh, we kind of toyed around, started looking at uh, some of the spots down there, man, and then made a decision uh, to go ahead and pull the trigger. Yeah, and you did pull the trigger, right. man. Mm-hmm. So the player networking is a uh, an event that you guys do yearly or consistently all yeah. year. And, you know, I, I've been a part of it since uh, 2004 when it uh, hit Houston. Uh, uh, guys, uh, that is an entity that he owns, and he's been with us in 1999 when he was a part of the NFL uh, mm-hmm. player development uh, position that he uh, when he worked with the NFL. So you guys help players, current players and ex-players transition from football? Is that what it yeah. is? So basically, I mean, I, I know you've heard a lot of the horror stories with professional athletes and entertainers is that in their heyday, man, they, they do well and they're compensated very well. But if they don't have a plan, man, to continue their life after their profession or entertainment, man, you know, you got a lot of uh, uh, grabber owners, man, when, when, you, when you become an, uh, a celebrity or important people. But you you have to have that succession plan in place. So uh, as part of the player networking event, it's a platform for active guys while they're playing in the league. They can use those uh, three infamous uh, 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 letters, NFL, which stands for not for long. <laughs> not for long. Not no. for long. For, it's yeah. One thing true is that you're going to go in a young man and you're going to come out a young man. So what's the average age you think of a lifetime with the NFL well, or a player? Well, basically the studies, know? the history is about the average NFL career is about four and a half years. That's about it, huh? On on average. You know, you got some that will definitely go, you know, 10 or 12 years. Some will go seven or eight. But the average is four and a half years. So, you know, these guys are highly compensated. And it's, it's, it's been quoted as being one of the best temporary jobs in the country, right? Temporary. It's a temporary job. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, like I said, one thing's true. You're going to go in a young man, you're going to come out a young man. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to leverage uh, the celebrity and the excitement of the NFL or the NBA while you you have it on your side, mm-hmm. you know NFL gets people's eyes, ears. You know, you say mm-hmm. the NFL, they'll listen. Yeah, they will. You yeah. say that word NFL. NFL. Oh, everybody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, we, we encourage guys that are in the league mm-hmm. to leverage that and establish relationship, and that's name an event network with corporate uh, partners and, and citizens of the NFL, of the higher educational systems, of your uh, hometown and leverage your celebrity while you can. Mm-hmm. And then you can leverage that into a, uh, a business for yourself or a relationship mm-hmm. when you come out of the game. Now, some people, some players who are in the game, 
they get hung up on a whole lot of uh, shine and bling and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. And they end up blowing all of their monies on cars and, and jewelry and, and partying and friends and family and spending. So at the end of their career, some some of them, not all, I'm not saying all, uh, some of them come out and have really too much of nothing, right? right. It's a planning process. You have to plan for your career after sports. You have to plan it out. And, and some have, of them just don't do it. Huh? And, and most of them don't do it. I mean, is, that, is that the majority or the minority? Uh, that That is the majority. If you look at the stats, most NFL and NBA players uh, within about three and a half to four years, man, uh, they've depleted the resources, the financial resources. Hmm. Because they all get sign-on bonuses, right? Uh, that they do. And they, if you look at the structure of financial compensation within the, league, within the league over the last 10 years, it's either you're making big money or you're making the entry-level money, which, again, it's not bad money. I, I believe the minimum in the NFL uh, beginning salary, starting salary, is about four seventy-five, four hundred ninety-five thousand. That's, that's the entry-level? That's the entry-level. Mm-hmm. However, if you plan two or three years, man, that's... You know, you buy a home and car and take care of mom, man. You, you ain't got a whole lot left. There ain't a lot of money left. Huh? Right. And if you, you have big home, big cars, you have big upkeep, big mm-hmm. taxation. Right. All that type you of stuff. You pay the gardener and Absolutely. the maids and all right. that stuff. Absolutely. And that can be uh, costly. Car, very costly. Mm-hmm. What's the way, one of the worst case scenarios that you may have seen since you've been doing this so long? And there's almost nothing you really can do to help them recover. Well, uh, you know, without naming names, I mean, it's yeah, well, yeah. personal. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple of uh, individuals that are Super Bowl champions, man, and uh, played, had the notoriety, played in some uh, very large markets. And uh, within uh, three or four years, man, they've been down to, come back down to the average level. The average person's level financially, Absolutely. huh? Absolutely. And, and, I mean, not to, to, to cut it short, so those guys have compens. I mean, I have... Uh, Retirement, retirement packages and so on and so forth that it, once they become vested, which is basically like the NFL is about four and a half full season. Once you reach that plateau, then you're, you're vested and then you get, you get some type of retirement package. Uh, that, is that for a lifetime? Uh, that is. But uh, nonetheless, uh, when you have very big expenses, some of that retirement doesn't cover all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now you got to go and figure out how to attach yourself with some of that to make ends meet, right? A- absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And especially if you got wife and kids and all the shebang, huh? That and comes and with. that's normally the case. Yeah, in yeah. a lot of cases. Uh, right. uh, so the player network. So yeah. if there are players out there and they need to get in touch with you guys, what would they do? Uh, you can go on the website. It's called PNE Info, which stands for Player Networking Event mm-hmm. Info dot com. Uh, it's, it's posted up and it's a countdown till next year's Super Bowl, which is held in the whole city of Tampa, Florida. And all the information is there. You can also Google Google okay. Player Networking Event. Mm-hmm. And you can get some history and its whole uh, assortment of information out there from years past. Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 Now you know you're my brother, and uh, I've known you to be entrepreneurial, and uh, you were in the system at one time working for PepsiCo. In other companies, you are managing Starbucks. You've, you've uh, managed Taco Bells and Kentucky Fried Chickens and a variety of different corporate businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And you did that for years, and then all of a sudden, you said, "Hey, I'm done with the system," right? 
Yes. And what made you change your mind and stop traveling to D.C. and Houston and different Dallas and uh, with these big old corporate businesses? You were getting paid pretty good. Absolutely. You know, well, at least that's what you think. Well, okay. Yeah, at least that's what you think. Yeah, you know? that's what you think. Yeah, uh, if you want to take a look at, you know, the average district manager of a collective Fortune 500 company making eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year plus bonus. Mm-hmm. So it could be a six-figure income easily if if you do well. And it depends I, on what market right, you're in. Right, it depends on what market you're in and, and, and what brands that you're under. However, that that comes at a price because uh, once uh, most people don't understand that the district manager position within all these brands is a, is the go-to position, meaning that you manage uh, you know several hundreds and even thousands of people below you, and then but all upper management they come to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to answer upward and downward, which is you're kind of like in the middle. Huh? Yeah, absolutely, you, you're the go-to person, it's like mm-hmm. a, the head coach of the NFL foot, uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. Upper management gonna call you when there's problems, and, and the players gonna call you when there's problems. So you, mm-hmm. you have to deal with both. Mm-hmm. So so it can be stressful. I mean, it's was it stressful for you? I mean, at times. I mean, you have to be able to manage your stress mm-hmm. and so forth. But however, you're on the hook a lot, mm-hmm. meaning you have to be accessible to people. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to feel calls yeah. from below, and you have to feel calls from top. So a lot of people are always tugging on your on on your court. Now I remember down in Houston, you managed some of the biggest Starbucks down there in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some of the challenges when you were managing those stores, man? Well, in, in, in the latter times, uh, uh, with some of the millennials, millennials are not very loyal. So being able to build that uh, employee base, <laughs> that, that, that consistency, consistency mm-hmm. uh, uh, employee base that, that you can deliver you know, your, your company requirements to on a day, daily basis, that's the biggest challenge, man. So you, you have to be very approachable, and, you know, because they always have questions and so forth, so you have to be, have the ability for your uh, subordinates to, to get in contact. You have questions about uh, upward mobility and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, and sourcing the right people to lead uh, your teams. Yeah, because I used to come in some of your stores, man, and get a cup of coffee, and I noticed you were having some, in certain areas, you're having some turnover. Absolutely. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and employees and things like that, dealing with the millennials. You know, because why do you think that is? Different influences, man. You know, uh, in, in upbringing, influences. upbringing, but technology is, is so prevalent now, man. You can get from A to Z like the top of the click of your finger. You know, the opportunities back when, say, you and I were going to school is that you had to get a newspaper to find out who was hiring or whatever. Yeah. And then you have to submit, submit a resume. You got to go to the store and grab one application, take it in, deliver it, and wait for somebody to call. And now it's click it hat. Yeah, right. It is. And, and you can right submit there. a resume in 10 seconds and then you can get a response in 10 seconds. So mm-hmm. you can reach a lot of people uh, very quickly and which makes the transition a lot, a lot easier for people to move from one place to the next. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're out of the system and uh, what made, then you went into uh, the retail outlet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, now, uh, I, now, 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 bro, I remember when you was up in Dallas. Okay. Man, you had about Three to four businesses going on at one time. I, I did. Well, I had a four at, at maximum in, in the mall. Yeah, in the mall. In, at, in the in the mall in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, sunglass store, a clothing store, and a T-Mobile authorized dealership. And then I, for a short period, I bought a uh, like cantina uh, from another uh, merchant in, in the mall. But 
that closed down due to some relocations of a space within the mall. So I had a total of four at one point, but three yeah. maintained three. And all of them were going at the same time. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, so you were like going from one to another to this one, that one, back and forth. Uh, that that I did. Yeah, I had, and had to deal with all your employees. Yeah, and... I had managers at each individual location, so I would manage them directly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember coming up there and checking out your inventory and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They had some nice places up there. That clothing store was real nice up there, and the and the mobile, the T-Mobile was the longest, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was a dealership that you had with. Yes, yes it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. What were some of the challenges, man? Because that's a lot to deal with being an African American black man in today's time, you know. And, and a lot of challenges. Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, from a business perspective, is managing three separate brands, not, neither any congruency. So yeah, right to so, each other, right? Right. So they're totally separate. Sunglasses was one entity. Uh, T-Mobile was uh, was in the sales communication. Yeah. And uh, the clothing, clothing store was that <laughs> dynamic. Yeah, neither of them had any synergy. So being able to uh, take your energy and put them in the right place so you can drive the success of those stores that was the biggest challenge uh, for that. And, and then, you did it for a while. And I did it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then uh, secondly is that uh, I guess is that when you, you're in a position like that. Uh, you don't know who your hangers are. You know, people come. Who's gonna be with you? Right. Yeah. You don't know who you, you, you're talking yeah. with. That's there for you, or whatever the case may be, or some people just there just you know steal your energy or whatever. So, those are some of the challenges. Mm, some of the challenges. Yeah, I know my brother was just working hard. Yeah. You were getting it, man. Every day, every night, on the go, on the go, boom, 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 pumping it all out. And um, because at that time you were living in Dallas, Texas, right? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Now you're living back in Houston, Texas. What's the difference between the two cities, man? Dallas, what would you say? Dallas and Houston. Okay. Dallas and Houston. I, I would imagine if you took a, a, a poll, if you would ask people who you, whether you like better, Houston or Dallas, the average person that like Dallas would not like Houston and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Houston I would say that the comparison would be similar to like Dallas to me would be more like New York City. Like New York City? Like New York City. And Houston would be similar to uh, Los Angeles. So that's what you would say, right? All right. That's what I would say. Okay. And we got somebody okay. just walked in. Huh? Yeah. Well, I might know. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Sherry Lasky. Miss Sherry Lasky. Yeah, okay. She just walked into the building. She's going to join us here okay. in just a second. My classmate. Yeah. You didn't yeah, know okay. that, did you? No, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you may have told me that. You know, she may have told me that. Right. He just said Sherry. I didn't know who. So I, was, I, I just told him Sherry's going to be joining yeah, I'm us. Like, okay. Yeah, I didn't give out that last name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going she's joining us right now. How you doing, ma'am? Okay, okay. We've been just talking and talking about some entrepreneurial stuff and uh, you know, Dwight's been involved in so many different business from the corporate standpoint on down to the uh, retail to the technical uh, to cell phone stores and that's where we're at right now. And uh we're just kind of sharing some of that information of what it takes. Yeah, what it takes. And uh, let me find you right here so I can make sure. Can, is that it? No, that's me. Okay, let me find you. Okay, is that? Oh? Just down a little bit. Now. That one? A little more? Okay, that's not you then. Hold on. 
What about now? Yeah. That's you right there. All right, got to get her levels together right there. Yeah. So we do stories our way over here, so it don't matter. So anyway, uh, we've been talking about uh, issues, good and bad, you know, okay. and we went over the player network. He's talking about the NFL mm-hmm. and what they do with that. And uh, we're talking about entrepreneurship as well. And Dwight, um, you played a little football back in the day. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, man. Huh? Like Al Bundy. <laughs> Talking about like Al Bundy. Like Al Bundy. I remember the days you played some football, you know what I mean? And you had a chance to um, tee and then you transferred to Rogers. That would right. be correct. Right? Is that what correct? Year did you, what year did you transfer? Because year. I, that's why I always thought you were there with us. I didn't know you transferred. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. I thought you graduated with us. No, senior. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long, short, long story short, yeah, to make this so p- some people may know. Booger T. Booger T. Okay. Uh, I played in gla- uh, class of 81 over at Booger T. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a pretty good ball club, and I was running back. And uh, most people know that historically uh, Booger T had a lot of good running backs over the years. Always. Okay. I always stack uh, one of Houston, I mean, one of Houston, one of Tulsa's biggest names, Spencer Tillman, was right. once at Booger T. He's a year behind me, mm-hmm. but he's seen the writing on the wall. He said, well, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit the field Edison. and get some time. He went to Edison. Okay, he left Booger oh, T and went right. to Edison. Right. right. So uh, uh, I stayed, and uh, we had a particular coach at the time, head coach, maybe he wasn't too fond of my abilities. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of my teammates were cautious and said, would ask the question, why come you're not paying, playing as much as another player? Not playing you, right? They, yeah, they were questioning the coach why come wow. I wasn't was wasn't playing, and uh, one of the faculty at uh, Booger T, which I won't mention his name, was the teacher. He, he had the same sentiment. He said, "Man, why come you don't play more than what you play?" So there was quite a few people that was asking the question on your you, behalf, huh? on my behalf, and he said, "Well, uh, I know a uh, coach over at Rogers, man, that would love to have you." <laughs> that's what your coach, wow. the coach at Booger T said. That's, that's, that's what a, a coach at Booger T said. Wasn't a football coach, but another coach. Sport. Yeah. Um, and he said, "Man, I know somebody that would love to have you," and uh, wow. which was against the rules. But mm-hmm. uh, he said, "Well, I'll give you a number. Have him give you a call." And that's how that transacted. And they gave you a call. I remember wow. that. Gave me a call. Yeah. Gave me a call, and, and uh, decided, you know, I, the, I was reluctant, you know, because mm-hmm. it was a legacy. All my family members. Had, Mother, father, brother, sister, booty, and they graduated. However, I felt I wasn't being treated on the field yeah, fairly. Right. And a lot of other people felt well in my ear as well. You know, it wasn't something that now I looked for. It's what other people voluntarily told, mm-hmm. told you. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they knew that I was kind of getting cheated out, yeah. out of whatever. Out of the line. Right. Yeah. So, and here's the kicker right here. Wow. You went to Rogers. I did. And then you started. At Rogers, I did as in, in the backfield running the ball. I did. Yes, you did. And Rogers played Booger T. We did. And and you ran how many yards against Booger T on that game? It was uh, two hundred and fifty-two yards. Two hundred and fifty-two wow. yards. I mean, they say you were bowling over Booger T. You know what I mean? And I was saying because I was out in Hollywood, but I was getting all of this yeah. feedback. Man, your brother, and he was all on the news and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of that because, you know, what did, was you mad at him? <laughs> well, I, was I, you I, mad at Booker T? Well, or did you just call no, yourself I wasn't mad at Booker T. I was pissed off at the coach. Yeah. You just had to show the you coach. Had show yeah, the I had coach. to show the right. Ironically, he was replaced when the season started. 
But right. I didn't get a, yeah, I didn't get a chance to shit to go, really do it to right. him. I Brown was a coach. Okay, I Brown. I, I didn't get a chance oh, yeah. to say, hey, yeah, he has some. He has what you missed, but he, he had some issues. Coach Lacey had came in, took over. I I started to come back. Uh-huh. I had already went over. Went over there. Yeah, I already started. You yeah, know, I Brown. I commit. Was, I commit. He was something else. I Brown was a little different there well, for me. Well, that's. I mean. All these years. All okay? these years. you still come to our right. reunion and stuff. Right. That, that's why we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't cheer yes. right. that year. Right. Oh, you did Okay, didn't. I didn't okay. cheer that year. Okay. I joined the band, you know, the okay. majorette thing. Okay. So, of course, I wasn't yeah. into the game like that. Right. Because, you know, cheering we had to be. But mm-hmm. I did not even today, Yeah. 30-some-odd, you know, years later. I find out you transferred to Rod. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's the backstory. Sherry, you just automatically thought he was at Booker T and graduated whole, from Booker T. Huh? I sure did. Mm-hmm. I sure did. Because our class was large enough and we always seen each other, mm-hmm. you know, in passing, wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of classmates I didn't see in the hallway. So it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was just one of those things. Yeah. And I thought I you were there. Right. Yeah. He graduated a roper. <laughs> yes, him yeah. and a, you and a couple of other people. Yeah, I remember yeah. like Jeff Aisley. Well, no, I didn't. Did you know that? Yeah, Aisley as well. I didn't know Aisley left. I I just remember Hartman Hartman left yeah. uh-huh. and went there. I think he went here our junior year right. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I knew he was there. Mm-hmm. Her, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize um, Aisley had left either. He did his senior year as well. Wow. And I don't know if you recall Mark Wilson. He's basketball. He Wilson. He yeah. played on the basketball. He left as well. Mm. I know they had their, you know, their quote unquote picks and things of that yeah, nature. But oh yeah, they did. I didn't back in realize. See, we came from Marion Anderson, so we we was on the that, shit okay, list when yeah. we arrived. There yeah, you <laughs> there you go. Because if you didn't go to Carver, right? And all Carver of that, was first pick. Right. Yeah, right. they right. were. And and if you attended Booker T as a ninth grader as a freshman, yeah, a little bit leeway. Right, right. But we didn't come until we were sophomores. Sophomores, that's yeah. right. Because mm-hmm. it was a, a a bunch of guys that came their sophomore year. It was different. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about at Tulsa, yeah, Washington, yeah, Booker T, yeah. Booker T. Mm-hmm. Because if you went your, we were the first group of ninth graders to go through there. Right. Okay. So and we came from Carver. Mm-hmm. When they started, you know, the ninth graders, because normally it was your your sophomore year, right? But they allowed a certain number of us to, you know, go over to Booker T. That's correct. At that time, but you know, you you know the group, Mark Berry. I do that crew, and I did yeah. I did not realize that. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Politics, and see, this is politics in school. Ooh, you as a as a child, you want to respect your your elders and that kind of thing and you try to stay in your lane absolutely but mm-hmm. it happens yeah you never on the know. field and off the field correct okay mm-hmm. so that so. was part of your football career and after leaving uh rogers you got a uh, full scholarship to wichita state right i did well let, let me back in the okay, story so back. i can kind of fill you in okay so the guy that uh started before me when i was a junior right uh won't say his name. Doesn't matter. He was good. I can't discount his ability. He was good. Mm-hmm. But the sentiment from others was, well, you're you better. He I'm better. just as good as he was. Mm-hmm. So they thought we at least at a minimum should be sharing 50-50 times. Right. right. Well, the game after Booger T, I broke my wrist. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I broke my oh, wrist. So I, yeah. I missed two, two and a half games. Oh, or actually wow. three games. However, I played about six games my senior year. Versus the other gentleman that was a full time starter, and I was I made all state. 
Wow. Yeah, so, so that vindicated myself, you know, right, right. I was able to say, hey, look here. Right, exactly. All right, so this I, you should have had more planned time right, right. to begin with. Uh, in and your, and yeah. ironically, had I stayed, then that probably would have been a difference between Booker T you know, getting yeah. kicked out of the playoffs versus that, because yeah. I was an all-stater. Yeah. Right. And then we have been more uh, yeah. potent on offense. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, were all, yeah. you were an all-stater. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. that's uh, that was uh, that is insane. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> she was insane. I didn't know. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah. Wow. Great, man. So that's part of that football. But you went to Wichita State. I did. You know, I remember Coach Jeffries coming over to Mama's house. Yeah. You know, talking to Mama about you coming up to Kansas and playing ball up there. You right. Do your Black History fact. I played for the. First black head coach in major college football wow. history. Wow. Yeah. There was no other black coach that, prior to me. Willie no. Jeffries. Willie Jeffries. And matter of fact, we got a drink on our our, our, our menu board. It's called the Sweet Willie J. It's a hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> named after Willie Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Coach Jeffries. He was a nice I guy, too. It. Yeah. Well, he loved you, didn't he, man? Oh, yeah. Well, he he, he loved him from the white eating. I know, I know that. Yeah, I think he liked my mom. He was married, but he think he had a little crush on his mom. You know? Yeah, he kind of liked mom a little yeah. bit, huh? He, he used to smile a lot. He paid a few, yeah. he, he paid a few card notes or something. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, give you something. You know how they do back in those days. Oh wow, man! You know, I, I uh, didn't get a chance to see a lot of that. I did come to some of your football games mm-hmm. up you there. Did. I was in Hollywood at the time, and uh, and you was getting down. But after all the football days and all that was coming to a halt. You became an entrepreneur. What are you, that that influence? We talked about it earlier. Working at the Ben's Barbecue, and plus our dad was a, absolutely. Our dad was an entrepreneur, and uh, we just kind of had that spirit in in us. So you decided to uh, leave Dallas and go back to Houston. Well, I, I, did it go? Well, no. I uh, leave and went to Washington, D.C. No, no, no. Wait, okay, explain it to me. <laughs> you tell it. Went to college, went to Houston in 86, stayed in Houston for three or four years. I moved to D.C. in 93, stayed in 96, and then moved from uh, D.C. back to Houston. And then I, from Houston to Dallas in 99, and back from uh, in 2009 to Houston. So I've been in Houston for the last 11 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little movement. I ain't scared of movement. Yeah, I know you gonna move about. Yeah, yeah, and and, um, and maybe in Jamaica here shortly. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. Maybe now today, as we come on, look for, forward right here. You got a business down there in Houston, which is uh, explain it to us. Okay, uh, I have a business. It's a service business. It's called uh, EcoSmart, and our mantra is that uh, keep my Houston clean. So what we do. And my business, we have a vertical pressure wash business, which I clean commercial buildings yeah, up big to old buildings. eight stories tall. Mm-hmm. So we do the exterior up, and uh, some of our main clients down Houston, Houston Community College, which is one of the largest community colleges in the nation, mm-hmm. uh, Metro, which is our bus station, uh, mass transit, uh, Pearland Town Center, which is a, a mall in Pearland, Texas, which I, where I live. And uh, I, I do work with this uh, medical firm called Kelsey Seabold, which is similar it's to huge Kaiser down Permanente. Down mm-hmm. They got about maybe 15 uh, satellite locations in Houston, Texas. So uh, I have inventory buildings that we, we clean, which are up to three or four hundred, five, six hundred thousand square foot buildings. Y'all get up in the 
Boom lift. Up in the boom lift yeah, and get 80, way up there and wash it up there. And that's all contractual, yeah, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, big money. So, yeah. Yeah. Wind, yeah. The wind blows hard up there, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. On a day like today? Yeah. 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 Have you been up there swinging in that bucket? I have, man. I no. have. Have you, have you had <laughs> any, any scares while you're up there? Oh, yeah, man. Sometimes the wind gusts will come, man, and, you know, it's the st- higher you up, the less stable the basket is. Mm-hmm. And it starts to swing a little sway a little bit, and then if a gust come out, you know, you tether it in, you're strapped in, but nonetheless, until it's mm-hmm. over, man, you know, you can count some Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's 60, 75 feet up there, man. It's, mm-hmm. You know, say your prayers when you're going down. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. and your crew, you guys have to train for all of that, right? Everything? Right. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, I'm OSHA, certif- OSHA 30 certified, so... Uh, you know, the, the occupations that you have. It, yeah. <laughs> it, you have to practice that. You know, you, you're dealing with a potentially hazardous equipment uh, going up on a boom lift and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, notice your surroundings, make sure that you're identifying potential hazards, uh, electrical lines, uh, potential, you know, holes in the ground or whatever. So if you identify potential hazards and also you got to Look out for your people. Make sure your people hydrated. You know, mm-hmm. you're out into the, the extremities and heat and so forth. Way up in a bucket. Yeah, you got to have plenty of water mm-hmm. when you go up. Because if you go up there without water, you got to come down. Out, so yeah. you got to take water up with <laughs> you. Stay hydrated. Stay cool. And, you know, it's, it's a plan. It's just, now, I remember, I remember when you purchased this big old machine. I'm talking about, it was a $30,000 machine yeah, or yeah, something like 29, that. $29,000 plus tax. Yeah, plus tax. <laughs> and it's huge, man, and it does uh, it does all the work to for these commi- these uh, commercial businesses. Right. You know what I mean? That you do as far as, it can hot water, it yeah. can cold water, it can mix water, it can spray sprays. Yeah, it's it self-contained unit. Well, actually, it's uh, EPA compliant, and most uh, jurisdiction around the uh, country will not allow you to push uh, water from driveway, concrete, and, uh, pavement into sewer lines because it goes out to oh, uh, out you to have to capture and, that. Yeah, you have to recapture that. Mm-hmm. So wow. my kit, uh, my equipment uh, has a reclaim, which is basically kind of like a hot, not hot, but a dry, wet vac. Mm-hmm. So you dam up an area so make sure it doesn't go down the sewer drain, right. and it has a suction on it that will suck it back into the unit, and it has filters on it that will filter out some of the debris. You can pump it back in the unit and reuse it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's reusable too. Yeah, reusable. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's environmentally friendly. Right, mm-hmm. it's, it's EPA yeah. compliant. Cool. Mm. And you guys do massive fleets of like vans and cars and lots. Yeah. Car lots and well, stuff too, well, right? But, well, car. Uh, we we got a couple of accounts with uh, uh, moving companies where they got a fleet of about fifty vans that we do uh, once a month. We like box vans, mm-hmm. they're about you know twenty thirty foot vans, and we wash them uh, once a month. You know, got like fifty vans. It's uh, a lot of work, man. Yeah, a lot of work. That's a that's a lot of work. Yeah. And now I we were talking, me, you and pops were talking, and you were talking about maybe moving. To different uh, areas like maybe Tulsa or Atlanta. You went down to Atlanta, yeah, and you got some potential contracts down there. I had a contract. Yeah, had one. Yeah. Okay, now tell us about that. <laughs> long story. Yeah, long. <laughs> tell us the real long story. Okay, uh, the player networking event, not this past 2019, but 2018, was in Atlanta, Georgia, 
and we went down and did it. And we uh, uh, there was a former guy, again, former football player that was coaching at Albany State outside of Atlanta, which is about an hour and a half from Atlanta. And he was coaching, and the athletic director uh, asked uh, if he knew someone that, you know, did uh, pressure washing so they can clean their stadium, uh, oh, their okay. uh, sports complex that they had down there. Mm-hmm. So I went down there and did a bid, and they accepted their own spot. Well, I said, the, the next day, that's almost on the spot. Right. I sent it to him the next day. They said, okay, we want to do it. And uh, I messed it up. <laughs> Tell them how you messed it up. I messed it up. Yeah, I messed it up. Uh, so we were negotiating. I, so I had to learn about Georgia contract laws and workman's comp, uh, all of those bylaws and so mm-hmm. forth. So we were pushing around the paper. Uh, so one Sunday, Easter Sunday, 2019, my son and I and my brother, uh, we went to a little local ballpark and they were shooting basketball. And uh, they were shooting around. I was shooting around to them, but I wasn't playing. It's kind of like horse. You're just shooting around, tossing around. So uh, they got ready to go. Uh, my, my son, he's, he's now 18, he was, uh, 17 at the time. Wow. And yeah. he had asked me, you know, I'm a pretty active guy. You know, mm-hmm. I mess around with my son and mm-hmm. do, do, do physical things. He said, can you touch the rim? I said, yeah, I can touch the rim. And I couldn't touch the rim. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, the, the moral to the story is, if your body tells you don't do it, don't do it. So I, I uh, you hurt yourself. That I did. Oh, I went up and uh, uh, came down. Well, I never went up, man. I went up and tried to go up, man, and, and I popped my patella tendon and oh, a quad geez. tendon. Oh lord! Mm-hmm. One on one knee, on the other one on the other knee. They both popped it, so I lost that contract. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Wow. Do you think your baby will maybe get it again? Uh, Are there possibilities of recouping that? Well, basically, you know, I'm I'm kind of back on my feet, and after this, uh, we'll go back and uh, try to reconjure up some more relationships. Did they get somebody else to do it? (laughs) Yeah, they did. Uh Of course they did. Yeah, they got somebody else to do it. Wow. They couldn't wait. Yeah, they couldn't wait for me. That Rolling Walker was not going to (laughs) work. Oh man! But so I, they had to fix one leg at a time. No. They did both at the same. time? Had to. Man, that's insane. Yeah, they had he, to. He wasn't even insane. walking at one time. So you on your oh god! Yeah, learn how to walk again. Yeah. Oh, god. that's true. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move two inches. You know, oh, both man. legs. Roll up. Yeah. And now everything's good, huh? Everything's good. I right. bet you ain't jumping no more no nah, rims. Oh, door. Hey, no rims but but no the moral to the story is now, yeah, I, most people say, "Well, you're too old to do that." Nah, <laughs> I, I don't agree with that, but I, I in will your t- head, I got I, you. I will tell you this: if you ain't getting paid for it, don't do it. You know. So, but I'm gonna give you stories. Here. So, just two two backstories to this. Two weeks prior to that, there's a guy that plays in the, in the NBA. His name is Victor Oladipo. He used to play for the Thunder here. Two weeks ago. I mean, two weeks prior to my my, my incident, he tore his, his quad going up to uh, jump. And he's Same 26. Thing. Wow. So it wasn't wow. age. It wasn't age. It wasn't it age, 26. Was now, when I was in the hospital, I was in the hospital about, about four days, they had told me there was another young guy that was 28 years ago. Had the same thing happen to him. Not age, just no. conditions of the body. I was dehydrated at the, at the time. That, when I went in after 
uh, I had the accident. I went went to emergency, and they took my blood pressure. My blood pressure was like something like seventy over forty. It was real low. Okay. So, but I was extremely dehydrated. So that was part of the causation why my ligaments were uh, a little dry. Dried out. Dried out. Dried out ligaments, huh? Yes, sir. Hmm. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Hydrated and lubricated. At the same yeah, time. There you go. So look at yeah. you now, though. I mean, things have, you know, those seasons yeah. have passed, and uh, you're on the move, and uh, you learn from it. Yeah, you learn from all your mistakes yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be, you're not gonna be trying to touch no rims. No, no man, nah. I'm not. A, I, hey, I'm no working with Scott, man. Yeah. <laughs> no working with Scott for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I had one of them contracts about ten million a year. I'm, I might try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pay while you lay up, but while you lay up, yeah, yeah, no. yeah man, that was. That was like a shock. I was upset. I was man, why you gonna do something like that? You know what I mean? But things happen. Yeah, it does. You know, it happens in life. And uh, it gave me a lot of time to think, man. Yeah, yeah you did. You so had you plenty of time to do that. To reflect on back what you're doing, what you want to do, and how you're gonna dead do it egg. differently. So you know. Mm-hmm. We say dead egg. Can you jump and touch it? Right? Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can, I can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He challenged him. Yep. Yeah. And you know, young people will do that. Well, I mean, I'm just getting, like I said, I'm pretty mm-hmm. active. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm 56 now. I'll be 57 shortly. I can still do more push-ups than my son. I mean, really. But that's how I stay right. fit. Right. fit. Right. That's how I right. start, you know? Right. So it, it wasn't uncommon for us to kind of banter back and forth. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. so. But it's crazy, though. <laughs> <laughs> Real crazy, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, not to change the subject, but uh, we had a few. We lost a few people. Uh, little Richard passed away, and Betty Wright, Betty cleanup Wright. woman, yeah, yeah. and Harrell, yeah, and and yeah, right, Andre Harrell. Wow, yeah. I, I yeah, heard he, that he passed too. You know, so and uh, that's in our entertainment news. Mm-hmm. So you guys lift up their families in prayer and stuff like that. Well, hey, we're on the Bobby Eaton Show, and this is where we tell our stories our way. Dwight Eaton's in the house. Sherry Lasky sitting over here, you know, and uh, we're going to be right back. I'm going to take a break, so stick around, okay? I did not know you had been hypnotized To the movement of your body dancing in my eyes I know I had to hold you and make you mine Don't want to control you, just have a good time in ecstasy When you're laying down next to me Oh, no, no, ecstasy, yeah and you're in that next to me I find it hard to be just concentrate If I don't make my move down, it might be too late I've got to make sure you don't get away After all you done, girl, to make me want to stay All my life I've been searching for a star Time I'm searching over, and here we are, living next to yeah. And you lay down next to me, yeah. We're in ecstasy. 
have a valid driver's license and must have a two years verifiable experience mowing and lawn maintenance with the company. Strict attendance policy is required. Honest, dependable, and team-oriented. No sex offenses or crime against children. Must apply online at www.laststoplawnmaintenance.com. Apply today. P&J Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release, The Entrepreneurial Woman. The World is Your Playground by Angela K. Chambers, MES. Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com slash B slash N-B-A-C. The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020. If you're ready to publish your book, visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com. Unleash that book that's inside of you with PNJ Publishing. Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Toll with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry-out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet. Hey, this is Ralph Johnson of Earthwind Empire, and whenever I'm in Tulsa, I'm tuning in to KPOB 89.9 on the FM. Hi, this is David Pitcom from the Corp Surface. And when I'm in Tulsa, I listen to KBOB 89.9 FM, where old school is the right class to be.
Peace and black power. This is the Prince of Pan-Africanism, Dr. Umar Johnson. Whenever I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm listening to The Bobby Eaton Show, 89.9 FM KBOB, for news, information, and critical analysis. The Bobby Eaton Show, that's where Dr. Umar hangs out. What's up, everybody? This is Lester Trotman. And when we in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we always listen to... Hey, we're back. Hey, on KBOB 89.9 FM here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, my brother Dwight Eaton's in the house. And the lovely Miss Sherry Lasky is in here. And we've been chopping it up, talking about some things. I got Mr. Hill over there in the background over there having a seat. But, uh, Dwight, uh, what are the plans going forward? Uh, Well, basically, we're we're, we're trying to map out our next steps as far as the uh, Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge and how we're going to rebrand ourselves. Uh, You know, we're kind of in uncharted waters with the – social distancing and things of that nature. So we just kind of have to have, trying to put it to brainstorm and put it together so that uh, over the next week or so, man, we can come back online, man, and uh, yeah, make stuff happen. Right. And I, I don't know, most people, we have kind of like a dual presence uh, business where we're coffee, coffee shop, liquid lounge, and uh, uh, sometime in the future, we're going to be providing uh, beer and wine for the evening day. Tour. So, so right now, tell everybody what's in there, you know, because people are always asking, yeah, that liquid lounge, I forgot, I need to go down to the liquid lounge. So tell them all what your services and what you have down there and what wow. you're presenting to the public, you know. Okay, right right now, we're we're, we're playing the space of a, of a coffee shop, uh, similar to an independent uh, Starbucks or whatever. Come down and get all the coffees that you desire, just as you would at, at any Starbucks. Uh, however, we feature African coffees out of the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. So right now we have a Tanzanian coffee, which oh. is actually uh, off the Jackie Robinson's son has a coffee bean farm in Tanzania, Africa. And his brand is called Sweet Unity. Uh, uh, also, we're featuring a Rwandan coffee uh, by the name of Ritz Java. And uh, we also have some uh, Ethiopian beans of that nature. So basically, Black Wall Street coffee, as the name implies, man, we're, we're proud of uh, Black Wall Street history. So therefore, uh, uh, our offerings are representative of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, coffee originated out of Africa, which is from Ethiopia. I mean, most people are not aware of that particular fact. That's so, where coffee comes from. Yeah, that's where coffee originated from. Mm-hmm. But it's not marketed as such. Uh, globally and worldwide, you hear a lot about Latin American, South American, Central American coffee, or whatever. Right. But uh, you know, coffee beans from uh, Central and Sub-Saharan Africa, man, are great coffee. Mm-hmm. So, are there very many uh, black coffee manufacturers here in the United States? Okay, and, and that case, they call roasters. So basically, roasters. Yeah, okay. no, that's only a handful. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning. Yes, uh, there's got some uh, out there on the West Coast. Uh, there's a company called Red Bay Coffee, and again, um, Jackie Robinson's son, his name is David Robinson, uh, and he roasts out of uh, out of New York. And then there's a couple more throughout the, the, the South, so uh, not a whole lot. 
You went to visit a few of them, haven't you? Did yeah, you I go have. out to Cal- Actually, California yeah, yeah. And, and network with some of the business owners well, and stuff. Right. Well, yeah. uh, this past January to uh, Los Angeles, man, went to about maybe ten or twelve black coffee shops in the in the L.A. area, Long Beach. I also went down to San Diego as well, man. So. Got a chance to network with some of the cats, man. It's in the business. Uh, another matter of fact, I had a conversation with, with a cat. Uh, he has a coffee shop called Hot and Cold. It's right off of Crenshaw and Lamert. Mm. Okay, I yeah. know in Lamert Park, yeah, right Lemert there. Park, uh, mm-hmm. Crenshaw. Yeah, and, I know uh, right where it is at. Yeah, Issa uh, Ray. She has a coffee oh, shop. Uh, okay. Two of them actually. Uh, one of them. Uh, let me see. Where is it located? It's off uh, Los Angeles. Okay, La Cienega. Yeah, La Cienega. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh And then she has another one that's off of um, uh, Manchester. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hers is called, but well, there's another shop called, uh, it's in out here, uh-huh. uh, uh, Soup and and then uh, Sip and Sonder. I'm sorry, not Soup and Sonder, but Sip and Sonder. And Issa Rae Shops is called to come you, to me shortly. Yeah, come to me, but, but uh, she has a nice shop. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, we went to several other ones as well. Yeah, you know, and you need that um, social environment where right. people can mm-hmm. come together and feel comfortable and, you know, come in and out. Or, I mean, because I know when you had the uh, Wall Street Liquid Lounge open, I was meeting so many different people right. of all walks of life. Absolutely. You know, hanging out down there, and we were just coming down there, me and Dean Finley and uh, Charity Marcus, and everybody was just kind of making a regular routine. Every day, and uh, it was just a good thing to do. And man, we had meetings in the right. back and talking business, and you know, well, yeah. a- absolutely. So, we have a two port, so basically, we, we definitely have a, a lobby, and then we have a back event room that we open up to all our patrons as well. But you, you can book that for a private event, it'll seat about 20 25 people, and so in the back, and uh, so basically. As, as part of our structure going forward, we're, we're into economic development. We're, we're interested in people getting into business or having a platform to provide social events. Uh, a couple of local uh, town people, uh, Sherry Tisdale, did a uh, pop-up shop back there with her fashion magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple other people who came down yeah. and did some events out of their space. So basically, we want to foster and promote, yeah, promote business yeah. in, in here in the Tulsa community. Mm-hmm. What made you guys decide to come back home, man, and do this? Well, there's obviously a, a void in the community. It, it, there is. I mean, uh, if you look at historically, man, a lot of the talent here in Tulsa uh, that comes up out of Tulsa, they eventually have to, leave. I don't say have to, they leave. They leave for better opportunities in, in other cities. In right? other cities and right. so forth. You know, I left. I've never, I, when I graduated in 81, I, I've never come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the visit. Uh, you know, went to school in Wichita, Kansas, and decided to head Wichita State. Head down to Houston, in 1986, in the midst of oil bust back back right. then. Versus setting up shop here. So, um, you know, for for various reasons. I mean, if you look at it during the time when when I, when I was in college, yeah, a lot of the you know traffic generator businesses, Rockwell and McDonald Douglas, those guys pulled out and so forth. So the community was kind of in the in the tailspin in itself. Yeah. So. Uh, and it really hasn't fully recovered since then. No, it hasn't. So, but, you know, you can complain about it and point the fingers at it, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, somebody has to put forth the effort to, to you know, heal that 
feel that voice. Yeah, and if you got more and more people doing it, the better and better it's going to become. Right. right. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, me and Sherry, we talk about that a lot, you know, here about the economic economic development of our community and um, the status of our community. And um, we just need more entrepreneurship taking place over here. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the benefit, mm-hmm. the, the, the fortunate thing is that uh, myself and Guy, we, we've been able to be out and see things in other markets, you know, right. Super Bowl travels to, you know, we've been all over the country with, yeah. with that show, man, in every market. And you meet a lot of different people, so you're able to see you, different you sick, perspectives. You told me right. you're sick of going to Super Bowls. Well, uh, that 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 I am. It, it's, it's old hat at this particular point. For you, yeah. You know, you do it. It's something to do, and right. you know, it's, it's, every year you do every it. Every year, you know. But uh, you know, the, as far as the games are concerned, that, that, I can go to sleep on a game now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that's exciting. What, that's what I'm it, talking about. Yeah, as far it's not as game. all that exciting for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm able to introduce somebody that never had the experience. That's what it'd be like. My son, he came down. He went to, uh, when it was in San Francisco about three, four years ago, and he was about eighth grader. So it's big for him. Yeah. And I get to go down to an environment and then go to a game and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, go to the game. You know, Mm -hmm. not many people get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so kind of exciting time. In your travels, when you're looking at, things in other cities and other communities and you see things like okay this is an idea and like where would it fit would it fit better in Tulsa because Tulsa's coming you know growing and booming how do you decide you know how did you decide to do the coffee shop here in Tulsa as opposed to let's say Houston right okay well basically you know you look at the kind of like the dominant influence of a community Mm -hmm. so you have to figure out what influences do you have in the community and what are the core values and so forth? So Tulsa, there, there's no conduit. For instance, you know, coffee shops are social. Right. In, in, in scope, come in to socialize, not necessarily for the, the banging taste of the coffee, but how they interact with the people inside the space. Right. So if you can bring people inside the space and they can preempt your energy and understand, mm-hmm. pick your mind uh, as to, what motivates you and what drives you to do the things that you do. Uh, I, I believe in mentorship. Uh, I have a, a son that's in Dallas and uh, he has a hell of a backstory. He comes from a very dysfunctional background and didn't know his dad. Uh, his mom was unfortunately stricken with uh, some addictions or what have you. However, uh, in 2000, I met this young guy and took him under my wing and he turned out to be beautiful. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Brandon Buffett. Yeah, you can go oh. Google him on uh, internet. Brandon Buffett collection, and this young guy, I can say, you, if you took some pictures from 2000, you would think he was a gang member. Now he's suited, mm-hmm. booted, mm-hmm. fitted suits, and he owns uh, uh, two. Uh, he's a barber, and he's okay. Kirk Franklin's barber, okay. matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And he's 34 years old. And uh, Kirk was sent for him, on. Right. He, he travels with Kirk when, when Kirk's on tour. Mm-hmm. Well, cut his hair. Huh? Cut his right. hair. And he flies right. back. Cuts a lot of celebrities. Cut Tim Brown, Hall of Famer football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DJ Khalid when he comes in town. He cuts a lot DJ of Khaled. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the moral to the story is that here's a cat that was uh, had an opportunity, somebody believed in, such as myself. Right. And he got up on my wing, and now he's. I remember for it himself because he lived with you yeah, for a while. He did, and he moved in, and boy, you took him in up under your wing, and you just drove him, didn't you? Right, man. There were some challenges and so forth, but the young guy stuck to it, man, and, and 
he was listening when I didn't believe he was listening. Right. But he was yeah. listening. He was listening. He was listening. Yeah. He was listening. I, you know, I was like, man, he ain't paying attention. Right. But he was paying attention. He was paying attention. That's and good. he thanks you for it too, though. Oh yeah, man. He comes down. We talk. We have conversation all the time. And uh, hey, we, we gonna get out. Matter of fact, he, he has his own shoe line. He just launched the shoe line. All oh, them about bad. six months ago. And they some bad Italian yeah, shoes, and yeah. yeah, they some bad boys. I seen them. So yeah. give me, give me a pair. Yeah. <laughs> Within that space, and and through the context that uh, Guy Coop and I, I mean, it's, it's a multitude of different people, different places, different influences. We figured, man, we can set up shop and uh, tap some of the resources that we've been privy to be a part of over the last uh, twenty years or so, man, and do it here, and uh, then take the show on the road. Okay. So, do you think you may be uh, able to maybe expand here in Tulsa? In some other areas, or just the same area with a coffee shop? Well, we're going to take the footprint and what our model is, and put forth the resources behind them, and see what other outsprings we can get from that. Not necessarily our ventures, but who we can influence other people in doing something similar in different spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can get. So, if we can create a district, uh, let's say down on Greenwood. Or we have multiple, you know, other restaurants, other food concepts that uh, that are neighboring or whatever you that can make the area feel like a district. So mm-hmm. you get choice when you go down there. Well, I want to go to Black Wall Street Liquor Lounge. I want to go to this Wanda J's. I want to go down to so and so. You so you have a choice for you know five or six or seven or so right. restaurants in the Variety. area that makes it more robust. Right. Mm-hmm. Similar to like what they got on Brookside. Similar to what they got on Cherry Street. Right. Blue, Blue, Blue Dome District. Right. We can encourage that and get get uh, you know like businesses to come down. Not necessarily just always have to be restaurant, but businesses that uh, understand the continuity of doing business in the same area. That area, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of encouragement would you give for a young person who's starting off? They they've got a concept of how they want to start off their business. What will be some of the first things that you sh- would tell them to do? Well, first of all, is uh, you, you got a lot of resources out there, and, and I tell you, YouTube is being one of the best. If you have an idea, I, I can almost guarantee it ain't the first time somebody thought of it. <laughs> Google it or YouTube it, mm-hmm. and there's probably somebody out there doing, doing something it. similar to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, learn as much as you can about from that, and then uh, do your little research. And uh, you can always go to a industry trade association, which is the uh, trade association that's for each industry so they're an advocate for whatever industry so if you want to say hey uh, I want to do lawn care well there's a lawn care trade industry on the internet uh, on the, you can google it, google it on mm-hmm. uh, uh, internet and it'll pull up and they're an advocate for all things lawn care they're going to tell you any and everything about lawn care absolutely retail, apparel, restaurant uh, beauty industry. There's always a trade industry mm-hmm. that advocates or tell you. I mean, there's some of them you can buy subscriptions to, and you can get information. Uh, information of all the vendors and suppliers. Mm-hmm. They may have a book or directory that you have access to. That you, if you need to get something wholesale, you can go directly to that. So that'd be one resource. Uh, secondly, is uh, you, you got to have a uh, Thick skin. You gotta have thick skin. You mm-hmm. can't be fearful. I mean, you know, you can't just uh, pin your ears back and just 
just just go forward. It can't be too reckless regard. Would you but, say not being too touch sensitive? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you gotta understand that it, it, you're gonna get knocked down. You gotta yeah, get back no. up. You're gonna get knocked down. You have to get back up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use that in my personal life. I had double knee surgery at the same time. But hey, when my knees pop, by the time I hit the ground. The first thing that I was thinking about was recovering. What am I going to do? Because I seen a big hole in my knee. I was like, oh, oh wow. this ain't going to look good. But I got to recover. Mm-hmm. That that was the first thing. I had. Not why, why it happened. I got to recover. Because right. now it didn't happen. That won't change anything right, right. why it happened. You, you know, it. I, that's something that you learn from going forward. But at this point, I have to get my body in recovery, you know. So I tell my body, hey, the next thing you got to do is start recovering. Right. Mm-hmm. Get up and get mm-hmm. the moving. Yeah, get up and get the moving. And that's the attitude I take. And I recover very fast. Yeah, you did. It was yeah. fast. Yeah. I mean, a matter of months, wasn't it? Uh, more to the story. It's a long story as well. <laughs> Tempering my personality. Uh, had a, They call it bilateral, which is both, both legs. Sides. Yeah, both sides. So I had uh, some knee braces on that I was supposed to be immobilized for about about eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so see, I had full about sixteen, seventeen staples in both both knees, right above the kneecap. Mm-hmm. So, like maybe different from uh, knee replacement, of which they don't cut your ligaments and your tendons are not cut. My tendons were totally separated. Mm-hmm. I'm a total pop tear. They roll up almost. Yeah, matter of fact, the the kneecap was in my in my okay. quad. Okay. Yeah, so it rolled all the way up there. So they had to reattach them. So I, so with the fear of you know tearing your, your staples and, and your sutures and so forth, you can't can't bend your knees. But my resolve as a person is, they told me eight weeks, and I'm, and I'm thinking, well, five weeks. That's <laughs> how I think about it. They said eight weeks. I'm like, okay, five weeks. My, I'm telling my body. You have to heal, mm-hmm. and then I, I, I took my precautions. I just didn't get do it mentally. I was consuming food that allowed my body, body to have anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. uh, diet. And I, again, I had time to go to YouTube, right? Got and I went on things. YouTube, YouTube mm-hmm. University. I got a PhD, mm-hmm. uh, and I found foods and uh, all sorts of foods that were anti-inflammatory. So I started consuming that in my diet, and then that reduced inflammation that in my body. Down. Allowed me to get more mobility uh, in my joints and so forth, so that which allowed me to uh, move faster mm. and recover faster. You recover pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I walked in. You walked, had a relapse, though. Yeah, I remember. I'll tell you the story on that. Mm-hmm. I, I walked within 15 days of, of my surgery. Wow. Yeah, I did. 15 days without rest, without. Uh, Without the walker? No, I never used the walker. You didn't even use a walker? I never used a walker. I, I had a wheelchair, had a walker. I never used them. I just used my uh, my crutches. Okay, okay. I used my crutches. Okay. They told me I could weight bear on my knees. Okay. And they said, as long as you can tolerate it, tolerate it. Wow. Yeah. 15 days. 15 days I was walking. Now, I had neoprene braces that I on my knees, but... Okay. That you know you can walk in just like you see ball players do. I had that and I was walking with those, and I was recovering there. Cause they had to fillet you open and it's filleted open. I know, and they had to attach your tendons. They did. They said the word fillet. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I have a oh, about a ten inch scar on both knees. 
15 days. That's insane. Yeah, 15 days. That's two weeks. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I you know. never hear. Look. Now, my doctor. I done seen some yeah. knees, okay? Now, so. your doctor, what? So, my, my surgeon uh, and my subsequent visit was like, I mean, she was shocked. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, I told her what I was doing. And uh, uh, I created a little. Uh, elixir or however you want to call it that mm-hmm. I knew that was anti-inflammatory and so at the time of the accident I weighed about 250 pounds but after about 60 days I lost about 25 pounds right. yeah. 25 pounds wow Yeah. and that made your recovery easy because yes. you didn't have the weight Absolutely. carrying that weight too, right. right? I wasn't going to gain weight and that's one thing for right. sure I knew I was going to be mobile and wasn't mm-hmm. going to burn off energy so I, I, I ate clean I ate very clean and then I started taking this anti-inflammatory, which I'm working on bringing to market as well. You started back driving and everything. Yeah, yeah I was doing everything at a, a higher clip. Now, another backstory. I'm a pretty aggressive guy, and I, I wouldn't tell anyone else to be as aggressive as I am. So sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. So, but nonetheless, uh-huh. hey, it happened where it happened for a reason. So. Uh, after about, I don't know, about two months, I, I'm a contractor, as, as I mentioned, and I had a big job, one of the largest jobs, contracts I had, and I had to go down on the site one day, and I, had, I took my crutches. I wasn't going to be too egotistical. I took my crutches with me down on the site, even though I was walking. I took my crutches with me as, as a backup not, while I was on the site, and because of OSHA, I stayed on my crutches. So uh, I live on the third third floor uh, apartment and so after a long day you know I rested myself I didn't stand on my feet too long I tried to be cautious in the process so walked up the steps getting ready to shower up took my knee braces off and legs collapsed tore them again <laughs> Toward them again. I know. Yeah, oh, both of them, right? Both of them, right again. Yeah, and it started gets even more, uh, somewhat worse. Okay, tore them both again. Went to the doctor about a week later, and they examined him one leg, and they're like, "Oh man, this looks bad. What happened?" I told them what happened. Told them I fell. I said, "Okay, well, we need to send you to go get an MRI." So they sent me to go to MRI, and I went to got the MRI. And they didn't call me back the same day. They called me two days later back and said, we're going to need to do surgery. <sighs> again. You busted it twice now, huh? Hold on. Yeah, I busted it twice. So, again, I'm, I'm not, woe is thou. I shook my head and said, oh, shit. <laughs> well, you did it once before. Yeah, I did it once before. So, we, we had to schedule surgery. They did the surgery to repair it, right? On the subsequent follow-up for that couple of days later, it was checking out the sutures and make sure everything was okay. It's okay. Well, let me look at your other knee. You look at me and look, huh? Got quiet. And then they did some you know, maneuvers. I think that one's torn. Send me out. Go get another MRI. Oh, it was torn. It was torn, huh? It was torn. So I had three surgeries. The first one is two surgeries at the same time, and each knee I had the surgery two subsequent times. So a total three surgeries. In a period of how many months? A year? Three months. Three months. Three months. Mm-hmm. Jeez. First, the first one happened on uh, uh, April you 23rd. You had five surgeries. 
April 20th. No, three total surgeries. Uh-huh. Two at the same time. Two at the same time, right. And both knees once at separate times. Mm-hmm. So three separate surgeries. But okay. nonetheless, I, I'm back on the block, though. Yeah, you know, got yeah. back on it. Yeah, you back on Protect it. I was a little bit cautious. Yeah, yeah, I was a little Protect cautious the, the second time around, but hey, I'm I'm back on the block. Man. Wow, those are those are precious knees. Yeah, yeah. precious, you precious knees. Keep, well, you're a shining star, man. You're gonna be able to do that and go through all of that and still recover. Yeah. So that's what it is. All right, we're gonna take another little break. I gotta take a break <laughs> on that one. Hey, you on the body? Yeah. We're well, on the Bobby Eaton Show and uh, KBOB 89.9 FM here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Also, we live stream. You know, we're live streaming right now as we speak over here. KBOB899.com. That's our website. You can go there to view the uh, live stream. Going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Sir, sir you're in nursing, right? You're medical...
Oh, yeah. Hey, you're on KBOB 89.9. It's the latest from Charlie Wilson right here. I don't need a fortune. Show how much you mean to me. The one thing that helps me keep my sanity. You bring so much joy and energy. Whoa. Hold on. Wait a minute. Light my fire, take your time, electrify my loving. Cross my heart, hope to die, just the season for coffee. One thing out the year, ain't enough for my baby, no. No one day just ain't right. So will you be
Oh, yeah. Hey, that's the sounds of Charlie Wilson. Talk is on Charlie Wilson here on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. In the studio, my brother Dwight Eaton, Sherry Lasky, and uh, we've been talking about a variety of different things uh, as far as entrepreneurship is concerned and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, And we were talking earlier, you've been involved in all of these business, corporate businesses, all these businesses. Now you have your own personal businesses. And we talked about how to get the information that you need to enhance your business. You know, if you're out there, you I want to open up a business, but I, I don't know where, where to go. And YouTube was a good thing that you said, right? Yes. Right? And so you got to do your research. You, you do. Yeah. You know, it's just like this radio station. I didn't know anything about radio, until, but I had to do the research to put it together to have a platform. You know, and um, Sherry, you're big on health. Yes, but I want to go back to your talking about business and resources. Okay, yeah, okay, we can go Our back. tax dollars pay for a lot of this stuff that's already out there, and we don't even know that it's available to us. So for SBA, okay, even the little small organizations like TEDC, all of those are funded through grant money, and that's money that we pay in taxes, and that's money dispersed, you know. So the resources are there. You can go to any, like, um, tech technical school like Botech. Mm-hmm. Well, let's call them Tulsa Tech now. Tulsa Tech. They have yeah. they have information for small business owners, and a lot of times these people are just sitting up waiting. Well, for see, and, and that's to. an issue that I have with a lot of these people who have these formats and platforms. They should be advertising, letting people know but what's they, going on in the company, rather than just open up a business and sit back and wait for people to come. You got to let our community. You have to let them know. This you is government funds, man. Well, I'm just saying, our people don't research government no, funds. No, they don't. But See, that's it's what I'm there. Trying. I'm, it's there, but we don't know where and where to go to even research it. Well, See, and that's why, and that's, and that's why we don't know how to research. We okay. don't research in our underserved communities. Communities. All we go by is businesses that we see are open on the streets and stuff like that. We will ask Johnny, "Hey, man, how did you get started?" You know, so we don't know about these funding programs that the government offers us to be able to start our SBA, our own business and things like that. How to even become an LLC, how to become a, a, a business. Okay. So, and these fun. businesses don't advertise that in these communities. Time business people, Correct. they talk amongst themselves and they let right. each other know. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I live in Houston, Texas, so... The city of Houston uh, Metro uh, Bus, which is our transit system, Houston Community College, mm-hmm. they all have small business development departments, correct? Right. Now, they don't sit on their hands because I don't know if some of the major metropolitan areas have mandates of, of governmental contracting that yeah, minimums that they're required to to meet to, to receive some government right. funding. So in Houston, it's 30%. 30% of, of most contracts wow. have to be mandated to minority businesses. Right, mandated. Now, yeah. in, in a lot of cases, there are not a lot of certified and qualified minority business to meet those mandates. Right. So what they do is do outreach. So they'll go out and set up networks and uh, networking events to where potential businesses, potential business owners can come in and they can coach them up on the things necessary to do business with the city of uh, Houston, to do business with Metro, which, are, which those entities are spending billions and billions of dollars every year. And I'm talking about 
from buying pencils to pens to air conditioning, right. buying utilities, buying buses, sanitizer, any and everything that a business may need, they have to purchase it. So they do networking events. So as our charter, since we have a private events room down at Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge, we will reach out to a lot of, say, the city of Tulsa. Uh, was it a Tulsa Development Economic Development Commission? Mm-hmm. Also reaching out to what was that? Botech or Texas Tulsa Tech? Tulsa Tech. Tulsa Tech. Mm-hmm. So hey, you guys come down in our space, do outreach. Right. Got some space. People can come in well, and get <clears throat> educated up, mm-hmm. which should help you enrollment. Right, right. It's a benefit for everybody. And see, that's right. what I was right. talking about. So, if you have all these entities and you got all this access and you got all this stuff that you can give to the people, and the people don't know where to go that you have all of this, you know, then you're just out of sight, out of mind. Right. You know, and if these big corporate, they don't advertise and let people know that they're there. We're here for you. You know, here we are. Oh, okay. I can go down to TEDC. I can go over here and get this other grant from this other company. Right. Okay. Cause they're right down there off of Peoria. They're right down there downtown, but they don't know. Right. They don't, that's why those, that money sits there. And you don't have a lot of people applying because they just don't know. What can I say? An opportunity missed. An opportunity right. missed. I mean, if, if you want to take a look at the service industry, uh, billions and billions of dollars. And the thing about the service industry, you have those mandates that this money out there is sitting for qualified businesses. And you have it's, to get yeah. SBE certification. That's and, correct. SBE, MBE, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of cases, just small business certification in some cases. I mean, they all have the different requirements, but all of them. easy. Some of them are, you know, you just have to have your uh, uh, LLC paperwork, your business networking information, the website, uh, invoicing that you've been in business for a couple of years or so, whatever mm-hmm. case may be, and of course, have the capability to produce, okay. uh, and some of those just key uh, checkoffs, and then you can submit a bid, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the structures of like the municipalities, the city of uh, Tulsa, or maybe say, uh, what what is it called here? The bus bus system. Oh, Tulsa Transit. Tulsa, Tulsa Transit. Transit. Yeah, it is. They have structures. So anything over, let's say, fifty thousand dollars, they're going to spend fifty thousand dollars on a project. They have they're required. To publicize that publicly, they have to send it out on newspaper, put it out on the internet, and yeah. allow people notify people. But in increments between say thirty and fifty, the procurement manager has the choice of picking who five or six people mm-hmm. that they want to send this out to. The people that they so choose to identify as people that they want to send a solicitation to. So if you're a part, if you're part of that that group. You're gonna be one or five people bidding on this project, and then when it gets below ten thousand, they can sole source it. Say, hey, I want you. Right, right. And it, and that's how it works. So as you have these, like I said, development, uh, small business development departments that do outreach, they educate people on the process, and people have to be educated. Certainly, they have see, to. See, that's something Black Wall Street Chamber. <clears throat> Of commerce, is they did that with one of the contractors. They're building some stuff downtown, mm-hmm. so they came in and they did their process and how to go through and the things that they required on site. So we we are getting there, but we don't have enough people involved, people that know. So and, and the people 
they're not qualified to serve. You mean certified and have the paperwork and all the dots correct. and T's crossed and yeah, stuff you like do that. that first, and you course. know, and so we need training. Absolutely. We need training processes before you even get to that level right. to show because. But not, you know what? But, you know who 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 did that who? really well was Terry McGee. Terry yeah. McGee really reached out and helped some folks get their stuff yeah. in, in order. We kind of like need a training like school process, something that goes on every week, all week, all throughout the year that's funded by something to where as we can teach our people how to prepare. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know how to prepare. The average black owner of a business will go out, uh-oh, there's a vacant building right there, and they'll get up some money, and they'll put a down payment on it, right? And they'll uh, have a startup date. They'll put their product in there. They'll put a sign outside, and then they'll sit back and say, where are the people at? You got to have a plan. And then a year, and a, and a year later, they they're, shutting da- they're shutting down, closing up, and then they'll say, the community didn't support me. But you didn't let the community know you were there. That's what time. I'm saying. You have to have marketing and sales. Right. Everything's not, today, it's not just by word of mouth. No, it's not. You know, not into 2020. Now it's 1968, 66. <laughs> That's all you had, you know what I mean? But today you have to have a marketing and, right. and sales strategy. Right. To, and you have to have people because you can't do anything just all by yourself unless it's computer-generated business or mm-hmm. something. But, uh, you know, if you're going to get a freestanding business or open up something for the public and people, you have to have people. Right. Okay. Now, Sherry, yes, sir. you're in the health industry, right? Yes. Okay. Health is dear to me. So I'm going to challenge you to come down and, and uh, do something in the back of the shop. Is she going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Put something together. I mean, it could be something an hour or two okay. surrounding health that we can invite people down in the space. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and, uh, challenge. Yeah. Post-COVID. Cause, you know, Post-COVID, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you ain't getting it down here with no yeah. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Post COVID, <laughs> and then we can teach all the elements. Or, or you, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about health. Okay. Uh, and I think that that should be the number oh, one thing. Oh, I got one what, already. Yeah. What, what you got? You got something? Okay, I'll let you know. We got a group okay, of people y'all talk trying about to do some stuff, and some some of our classmates, and it is health oriented, building healthy lifestyles. Absolutely. Okay. So. Yeah, I'll make them do that because they want to go to Riverside. Two of your friends talking about going to Riverside. I'm like, baby, I don't do Riverside like that. I do Osage Prairie Trail. Oh, yeah. Because I got it. There's plenty of it out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. See, that's now look, that's what I'm talking about. Got to let them know. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You got to network with with people. Absolutely. You You know, some people try to do it all by themselves grow the brand and they don't get any success and they just wonder what's going on. You know, why come I'm not succeeding at something because they're trying to do it all by themselves. What time you close? (laughs) Hey, we have a key. Okay. Uh, It it can go whenever, Okay. whatever. Say we got a key. You got a key. Don't give me no ideas because they'll be. We have a back door. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It can just go whenever. Okay. And that's the good thing about having your own business. Yeah. You can run it the way you see fit to right. run. You don't have to ask for You ain't got to ask no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't you just yes. do what you want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we have all the healthy elements. You know, we have cold bar, fresh fruit. Yeah. Everything's to your 
Did you want to talk about your drink, or did you want to just hold that on the DL? No, no, no. I, I, I'll use some cold words, but uh, when I had my injury, I, I, again, I had uh, 10-inch scars on my knee, so I, I had uh, immense swelling, and I knew inflammation was going to be a part of the equation. And as I mentioned earlier, I went to YouTube University, and I did a lot of time on my hands. So I was very proficient at YouTube. I'm a U- YouTube PhD. I know how to YouTube. If I can't find it, I can get it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of research, so I started finding. I'm 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 a naturalist. I mean, I prefer things in their natural form. Uh, supplements are good for those who, who are, don't have the access ability to to have natural food. You know, it's just an extension. And then, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, man, it's just what suits your lifestyle. But me, I prefer to eat things in a natural form. So I went all natural and decided to ingest my food uh, from a natural form, no no supplements, fresh roots, fresh vegetables. And I came to put a little, what I would call it, elixir, I call it CBG. Uh, I, I'll give out the uh, medicinal names of uh, curcumin, mm-hmm. bromelain, and ginger oil. So you probably can identify what those fruits are. And, and roots, uh, and those particular elements are anti-inflammatory in nature, as well as a whole host of other things that they do antiviral. So during this time of COVID, oh, wow. these guys provide some uh, viral pr- uh, protection in the process: antiviral, antifungal, and uh, anti-inflammatory. Oh, right. So those are things. That was my choice to reduce inflammation, but I got the antiviral and antifungal aspects as well. And I've been taking it for the, uh, actually, it was a year ago now. Every day, twice a day. Say it again. I know ginger. Curcumin. Uh-huh. Ginger oil. Okay. And bromelain. Bromelain. Yeah. Bromelain. Yeah. Curcumin. Yeah. Now, bromelain is pineapple. Mm-hmm. So, pineapple is for those who are out there. It's the anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Is it a standard pine- pineapple? Regular pineapple. Just regular, Re- regular, regular pineapple. Fresh pineapple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And if you can't get fresh pineapple, frozen pineapple, canning would be the last resort in my opinion. So, you know, from fresh to frozen, can if you if you don't have any choice, and then supplement, you know, as far as powder. That'll knock a lot of stuff off. Oh, definitely. Wow. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that combination. Right. Got a photo yeah. over here now. I can't. I'm not bragging, but it did something for me. From 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 no, I, it's a cleanser, <laughs> huh? No, I'm talking about from for from the whole body aspect of it. You lost a lot of weight because you had a lot of inflammation. Did you have a lot of inflammation? Yeah, I did. Overall, all over, all, okay. all over. So, and I I have a membership to uh, what's the massage place called? Massage Envy, right? I get mm-hmm. So I, I I typically get deep tissue massages, but mm-hmm. you know, prior to the injury, I go and get deep tissue massage and that lady would have me jumping off the bench because they had inflammation yeah after i started taking the the cbg as i call it man uh she was putting the elbow in there and she was having a hard time i wasn't feeling it because i didn't right. have inflammation because right. my body it, it reduced so you know when your, your body has inflammation it squeezes the nerves mm-hmm. and the nerves is what causes pain not muscle nerves Nerves is what make you jump up off the table or say, ouch. Mm-hmm. They they inflict pain. But so when you reduce that tissue from around the nerves, 
Right. Yeah, more, more mobility, okay. faster recovery, all that type of stuff. So people complain about that sciatic nerve pain. It's right. because of that. Inflammation. So, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it cured a lot of things for me. Cured a lot of things for me. I mean, I, I could sit here. So you're going to put that on the menu? That I have. It's already on, it's the, already menu. on the menu. It's already on the menu. Okay, because I, I, I normally go in there and just get a regular tea. <laughs> yeah, it's already on the menu. Oh, it's called pine tomb inside the store. Pine tomb. Yeah, okay. pine, turmeric. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just okay. play on play on okay. words. Gotcha. Gotcha. Definitely, I gotta try it then. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I like it. You know, it tastes real good. And um, so um, they juice it in the store. Juice it in the store. Wow. Well, that's lean. Yeah, lean me up. Yeah. I, it, I, it, I wasn't it, able to go to the gym or nothing. It's just. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It burns the fat, huh? Burns fat? Get the inflammation out of mm-hmm. you. I need yeah. some inflammation out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twice a day. Twice a day. Twice a day. We're going we to make up some juice tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Pineapples tomorrow. on sale at Sprouts for yeah. $1.98. A pineapple, they kind of green. You got to let them ripe. So yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Sit them in the windowsill. You, you must have bought some, huh? I walked right by them. I got some milk. <laughs> Okay. I got something else. Got something it. else. Grapes. Grapes are my downfall. Mm-hmm. Grapes are my downfall. Blueberries. I, I, I like blueberries and strawberries. and uh, Strawberries are in season. Those, huh? Strawberries are in season right now. Yeah, I know. And mm. I got some over there right now. A few of them. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I put them in cereals and stuff. Yeah. Somebody was telling me that because of because of our food system, our the the empty spots we have right now, like restaurants aren't buying a lot of food. A lot of food is going to waste. Mm-hmm. So someone was telling me that they got a call from this trucker that had like a truck full of strawberries <laughs> trying to get rid of them. But, you know, you can't get if you don't have the space or, you know, storage space for that. All that stuff goes bad on the back of your truck. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine the amount of food we ha- we're losing right now? Definitely. Because you don't have anywhere to send it. Walmart's only going to take so much. They're going to take what they budgeted for. Anything extra is just like a loss. So we're, we have a lot of food going to waste right now. Yeah, it is. One thing about here in Tulsa, you can't eat. Yeah. They can if you want to eat, if you want to eat right here in T-Town, you can find you some food. Now, the right food, that's a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a different story. Yeah. A different story. Mm-hmm. All the difference in the world. Huh? So that's all the difference in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. the right yeah. foods, you know, because over here we're in a food desert, and yep. uh, you guys know that we just got a bunch of fast food junk over here. Yep. And not a lot of choices, and we got these dollar stores with inferior foods and stuff. Yep. So. Yep. So. That's check, why, check and check. No. <laughs> that's why the obesity rate is kind of high. Kinda. Yeah, it yep. is. It, it is. is high. Yes. And. It is. Uh, you know, health reasons and things like that. So trust me, I know. Yep. You know. <clears throat> See, that could be your problem. Cause you just walk right around the corner. There you go. What you mean, a quick trip? Yeah, quick trip. Yeah, that's too easy. McDonald's, Popeyes, Burger yeah, they, King. They too easy. Sonic, I live within walking distance from you. That's mm-hmm. man, you just a hot. Man. Somebody told me I need a friend. <laughs> you, you need somebody to, to monitor yeah. to monitor my my intake level. Oh my dude, you know, that's insane. Somebody told me, man, you need a friend. <laughs> Someone know, to call on. Somebody call get, Siri. Yeah, Siri. Tell Siri to come prepare hours. me up. 
me some cabbage and some greens. Oh man, you know, and leave the fat back. Now out. I need to do it myself. You know, so that's mm. what it is. I'm just joking. Oh wow, you need Alize. Alize, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for those who are out there, there's a uh, on YouTube. Uh, couple cats in there, out in LA. They, they got a group of guys that put on a lot of little vignettes, little ten minute skits on YouTube. And there, mm-hmm. there's a, a person out there, a guy named Big Ja. It's B-I- Big Ja. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah, Big Ja. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, J A H H. I watch him all the time. He has a skit <laughs> currently on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's called Alize. A L I Z E. I see. Which it. is a parody on uh, what's the uh, Siri? Or oh, is it Siri or mm-hmm. who is Siri. the other? Uh, Amazon deal. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, you talking about yeah. Alexa? Alexa, Alexa, right? Okay. It's Alexa. a parody on Alexa, but it's okay. called Alize. Oh, oh, she's a sister. Oh God! Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta it's a go. Sister, you gotta pick. I gotta go. Oh, it is funny. It's oh, funny. My yeah, and uh, she's talking a little noise. You know, you tell her what to do in Alize. Your attitude. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, you better put some please on that. You know. Uh, right, right. It, it's, she, it's real fun. So you yeah, yeah, listen right. out there. Okay. Big job. Big job. Alize. He has about a hundred. Videos I, I've but, watched them all. Yeah. Oh wow! I watch them all all the time. They are funny, wow. too funny. You know, he's uh, yeah. stuff you find on YouTube. Yeah, huh? just funny stuff. Wow. I mean, something to make you laugh. How people get started, like the two guys that you, I thought they were like sport guys, but Dean, Dean and Don something. But I thought they were more sport oriented, and now they have like a real show on TV. Are you talking about um um ooh? I can't even think of their names right now. One kind of tall. Yeah, one kind of tall. And one kind of short. Yeah, Darius and D. Uh, I can never think of their names. Peel and. Uh, no, not the comedians. Not the comedians. Not the comedians. Okay. These are two guys. They're just like straight from, like straight off the street talking trash. Mm-hmm. Talking plenty of trash. Mm-hmm. And they started out on YouTube, had a show on YouTube, and now they actually have a show. Because they would have like Whoopi Goldberg on their show. Okay. You know they had big names. Just, yeah. Well, it's a lot of that. Go- it's a lot of that going on. It's a lot of that going on these days. Yeah. I mean, so, wow. they got a show called the Eighty Five South Show. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah, man. They come off of Wildin' Out. Don't you remember Nick Cannon? Yeah. Three guys do an impromptu concerts. Jam packed. I'm wow. talking about they'll pack out the uh, BOK Center. No script, no nothing. They just go out there talking about brothers. Go out there talking about people. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? And, and I go all out in the audience and just be messing with folks. And it's one of the biggest things. I'm surprised you guys ain't never heard of the 85 South Show. No. And uh, uh, they go out and uh, they just they be smoking marijuana on stage. They be just talking about people on the front row, talking about women's breasts and all that. Just David Chappelle. No. Dave Chappelle. Wow. Yeah, Wildin' Out. Those they wow. from they're from Wildin' Out, Nick Cannon show. Wow. So I'm saying to myself, Wow, this is crazy. Where look what we've come to. Right. You know, look what right. we've what we've actually grown to. Right. Because you're you talking know? about university of YouTube University. You have a lot of kids that actually think. I mean, seriously. Well, grow well, up on it. I don't they need grow to go to school. Why don't you go? I can go to YouTube. Yeah. I can YouTube. I can Google oh, it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. How do you fight that? You, well, it's part of their lives. It's becoming yes, it part is. of our lives for research. It is. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to do is 
becoming technical. Google is now a verb. It started out as a noun. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I believe it's a verb too. It is now. Mm-hmm. It didn't start out that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Google. Right. Go yeah. Google it. Go Google it. Little Go babies figure. can tell you that. It's little kids. We're in a technical age. Twenty twenty. Yes. You know, it's the difference between Google and the yellow pages. <laughs> That's a big difference. Man, it sure is. Our, mean, our encyclopedias. Encyclopedias, right. <laughs> you know, you got Wikipedia. You know, you got all kinds of different places you can go to get information. Now, I don't know how true some of them all are, though. That's the thing. That's the thing you got to be careful about. Because everything thing. you Google may not be true. That's true. That is absolutely true. So, And the information is put in by anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, people can add to it or take away from it or whatever. I was just like, man, give me a book. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about. But we're getting close, huh? Mm-hmm. Getting close. And it looks like um, we just got a couple of minutes left here on the show. Dwight, thank you, bro. No problem. Taking time out, man, to come in. Dwight is my youngest brother. It's the four of us. And uh, Miss Sherry Lasky. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. I just found out that you guys were siblings oh, really? until I started doing this show. Yeah. Right. He sure. didn't. He didn't know that. Yeah. She didn't I know was it. Like wow. Yeah. Well, hey, you're on the Bobby Eaton show, and we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on Saturdays from 12 to 2. Keep in mind that uh, you can go to KBOB 88. Oh, 899.com and check out all our shows we have over here. You know, again, that's KBOB 899.com. Uh, you know, sign up. Let us know you're following us and uh, we live stream and uh, local 89.9 FM here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, hey, man, uh, just want to thank you and we're going <clears> to <throat> get you back. You're going to be here for a few days. A couple of days. Yeah, a couple Hill, days. Hilltop Coffee is the shop out in L.A. Yeah. Issa Ray. Yeah, okay. Hilltop Coffee, if you're in L.A., right. he has two locations. Yeah. But well, before we leave, let, before we leave, let me see something right quick. Somebody, area code 314-383, you're on the air. Yeah, you about ready to go off now, Bobby. You and your brothers are having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, getting ready to go off, man. Sorry I didn't get a chance to get to you, man, but... Next time, uh, just call back in, okay? Yeah. All right. I'll All right, catch man. you next time. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry yeah. about that. I mean, that was one of them. <laughs> that was one of those uh, overlooks, oversight. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> hey, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Hey, look us up. Google us. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, we'll be... Back here, let's see, tomorrow, no, nothing tomorrow. So live stream us, catch us on Facebook, Instagram, all the platforms. Until next time, have a good one.
Music artists and entrepreneurs sit down exclusively with the Juice. The Juice Radio Show Tulsa. City Back In is a reintegration program designed to help those released from prison to fit back into the community as productive, valuable members of society. They help schedule various classes such as anger management, substance abuse, and mental health. They also work with different programs in the community to provide job training. If you or someone you know needs help with resources in career development, employment, or housing, to find out more information, call 918-500-500 or stop by. 2121 North Harvard Avenue, Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. The 36th Street North Event Center is a full-scale event center where we share the experiences of the community. At the event center, you can rent space for weddings, birthday parties, receptions, concerts, Greek events, quinceañeras, and much more. We also do custom decor, linen, and centerpieces. We're located at 1125 East 36th Street North. With your next special event, business gathering, or community event, call 